0: Bit of a remix, uh, as we've been talking about, and and of course we're coming up to Easter, and so we I guess I'll give you the punchline that what the, the the talks that we're going to give over the you know, the themes that we're going to run with over the next few uh, few weeks, and that is what is the implication? Uh, what is the implication of this whole Easter thing? And so, sort of keep that in mind as we, as we track through today, um, it's not going to go for too long today, um, and then next week, of course, on in, in, onto Easter and, and our Easter period. So, I have a question for you, as we start, as we kick off. How do you rate yourself when it comes to discerning fake from fiction? Or if you've got a family member like like Elijah did and just threw his sister under the bus, but if there's anyone here, you know, a, a husband, well, don't, maybe don't throw them under the bus. But how do you rate yourself when it comes to fake or fiction? Who here is like, thinks they're fairly discerning? Any discerning? Maybe there's a few, you know, you don't have to get, you don't have to get too excited, just give me a few, just some little indication, all right? You know, you don't have to get, you know, as... as <laughs> Uh, as Joe was saying before, okay, everyone's pretty tight. I get that. What about who feels they're like a little bit gullible? Now you might want to be a little bit discreet with that, or maybe you just own it. Yeah, there's a few people here who go, yeah, a little bit gullible. Um, today, as as we talked about the implications, and and I and I was looking at, uh, you know, where we were going to go with this, like it it just happened to fall. You know, it's April one today, right? It's April one, and it's like I just, I it was just sitting there, like I couldn't, I couldn't help but pick up this April one and, and put these two things together, right? When it, because of course, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to, um, uh, you know, this whole Easter theme, this whole Jesus dying on a cross and coming back to life. I mean, like all that sort of stuff. It's like, what is that? And and for some people, like you know, they're hundred percent, they're in. Other people, it's like, are you kidding? Are you that gullible? Do you really think this is true? So. April Fool's, Easter, the, you know, I just, I just couldn't help but, um, like I said, pick this up and, and run with it. Now, of course, when it comes to, to April Fool's type stuff, in past times, like in the last, I don't know, maybe... Oh, it's probably It's been going on for a very long time, but, but certainly over the last maybe few years, 10 years, uh, some, some companies have sort of got, got hold of the, uh, this whole April Fool's theme... And, and have put some pretty decent things together and, and there's a few favourites and, and I've seen a few different ones and you would have had, potentially had your favourites for those people who like to sit on YouTube and do nothing and then go, oh, look at this and just, you know, sort of head down the whole rabbit, the rabbit hole type thing. But uh, I thought I'd show one to, or maybe more than one, but I thought I'd start, I'd kick it off with a, a, bit, of a bit of an April Fool sort of a theme, right? But keeping in mind implications of Easter Side so has got a point, right? It has got a point.
1: You... There are billions of you, but there is only one, you. So what if selecting your next vehicle focused on what truly matters, you? Introducing Genetic Select by Lexus, the world's first service that uses human genetics to match you with the car of your genes. Through a partnership with 23andMe, using their proprietary DNA genotyping, one small saliva sample will unlock your DNA, telling us where you're from, where you're going, and now, how you're going to get there. Within 48 hours, your handcrafted Lexus will be delivered to your driveway. Based on your chromosomes, everything from the model, styling, and performance capabilities will be crafted exclusively for you. Inspired by your favorite scent, a genetically personalized new car smell. If your DNA markers reveal a susceptibility to freckling, protective UV tinting. Even an enhanced windshield matched to your personal prescription. Genetically predisposed to high caffeine consumption, enlarged cup holders. And best of all, operating your vehicle no longer requires a key. Perfect driving experience is in our DNA, because it's also in yours. Experience craftsmanship at the genetic level. Experience amazing.
0: Alright, so, uh, I don't know, I'm, I, as, it was interesting because as that ad goes on, I'm just picking up that, that some people identified with certain aspects of that and went, actually, I would actually do it with a, you know, a, a, a bigger cup holder because I am addicted to caffeine or, 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 or I have a genetic disposition to caffeine or whatever it might be, but... So, um, supplying a, a saliva sample to start your car each morning. Well, I guess that would uh, certainly prevent people saying, "Hey, can I borrow your car?" That was probably the best part about that one. Um, all right, bit of fun with that. Now, one thing, I, one of my favourites that I did see some time ago, and you've probably seen it, and you, some of you may have already seen that clip too. Uh, but um, people, people sort of have put a fair bit of effort into this, and and again, like, what are the implications of? of seeing things or and believing them when they're not true or seeing things that are true and in fact not believing them all right so keep that in mind so what are the implications of seeing things that and seeing and believing things that are not true or not believing things that are true and vice versa you get where i'm going all right try this one This recently discovered colony of penguins is unlike any other. <laughs> they don't need to huddle together every winter for protection against the bitter cold, because these little fellas can do something no other penguins can. ability? Well, they fly thousands of miles to the rainforests of South America, where they spend the winter basking in the tropical sun. All right, now some of you might be sitting there and going, oh, can, can they actually fly? I don't know, like, do they fly? Um, but it's, uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. Uh, but the reality is, right... That we often base what we believe, and this is okay, right, we often base what we believe, what we think truth is, okay, we can't always believe what we see quite clearly, right? Um, Like, I remember when I first saw that clip, I'll be a bit honest, when they started doing those little jump things, I'm like, oh, wow. But then when, like, they got about this far, I'm like, hang on, you know what I mean? You that realisation that I, maybe I was just that little bit gullible and I went just a little bit too far with that, maybe I should have picked it up a little bit sooner than most and you're looking around and going, no, I don't want to admit that. Um, but, but we base our belief on what we've been taught as a, you know, as a young person, as a kid, you know, when we're in primary school, uh, when we're in high school, like, and that's fair enough, right? Because we would hope that what we are being taught is actually reasonable, is fair income, is, is trustworthy. Um, we, base, we base what we know... On what we've been taught and what we have experienced on what we have seen for ourselves and when, and when things sit outside of that, when, when things sit outside of what we believe to be true, you know, and there's plenty of stuff on the you know online, all those different things when, when things sit outside of that, we, can, we start to go hang on that 's not right, right the radar goes up and like I said, some of us Maybe a little bit more gullible than others, right? Some, can be, some people can be like completely gullible and they're always good to have as a friend, right? We all like those sort of friends because we always sort of, you know, get to pick on them a little bit. But of course, on the other side, which is probably just as bad, is you have those people who believe nothing like, no, that's not true and it's always a conspiracy and everyone's out to like fool them and they're like, no, no, I don't believe that and, you know what I mean? When you probably know those people as well, that everything's a conspiracy, that, you know, that's not true and you're just being fed a whole lot of lies and you just believe everything you're told and you're like, oh man, I'm pretty sure someone did land on the moon, unless that, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Then you get those sort of people. Um, But we filter, we typically filter um, our our understanding of what, what, what is right and wrong based on what we believe, uh, based on those, sorry, but we, our beliefs based on those experiences uh, of what is real and what is fake. And of course, along the way, the community, i.e. our friends and the people that we associate, they try and keep us in check too, so whenever you, you're an outlier, then they pretty much help you come back into the group by Laughing at you is typically the way that we, 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 we usually sort of handle those sort of things. If someone sits outside the, the circle a little bit, then we, we usually have a bit of a giggle at their expense. But we're here talking about Easter, uh, and we're talking about the, the, the experience of, uh, of Jesus dying on the cross. We're talking about the, the, the event that took place, and of course, there's a bunch of people that are 100% fully believe that that really did happen, that's a real event, that that took place. Uh, and there's probably just as many, or more, that go, <laughs> no, no chance, there is no way that somebody was actually killed and then came back to life. Why would they think that? Why would people think that that doesn't happen? Well, because it doesn't happen, right? So, their experience has taught them that coming, somebody coming back to life uh, and you know, Jesus being raised, raised back from the dead, it's all, it's all a hoax, it's all, it's all fake news because it doesn't happen. So their experience and what they've been told dictates what they might believe. And I guess that's a, that's a challenge and that has implications, like that's where Christ, this is like sort of where Christianity comes right to the centre of, all right, are you in or are you, are you not? Are you, are you a believer or are you not a believer? And the reason the, that that it's important when it comes to that believing because the whole, the whole Christian experience of what happens after, after this world, you know, life after death and I know I'm sort of scooting across the top of a lot of different topics here just sort of briefly but, but most people understand, uh, you know, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and that one day we get to, you know, heaven after, like as Sarah just spoke about with the little kids that, you know, one day we get to go to heaven... But that's all based on whether we believe this story or not. And Jesus said, like, if you believe, if you believe I am the Son of God, if you accept that I've died for your sins, if you accept that I am who I say I am, like, that's the thing that gets us across the line. And so there are implications as to whether we, whether we do or whether we don't uh, believe. And it's a bit like this whole Easter message is, is a... Um, lost all my stuff. The Easter message is, is a bit of a prank, you know, it's like the original prank that, that, that somebody's played, you know, it's the original version of, of uh, you know, before there was YouTube. Um, here's a joke that somebody played that there was actually a person come back to life. However, the thing about this is, it's not without substance. And, and if we look at the stories, you know, there's the story of Lazarus in the Bible. Um, Lazarus was a really close friend of Jesus, he got really sick and he passed away and he, he was dead for a number of days. And Jesus himself waited, actually, a few more days and then turned up and brought this bloke back to life. And there were plenty of witnesses, there were plenty of people uh, who who were there at the time and who witnessed this and so I guess Jesus sent a little bit of a precedent to say, you know what, this sort of stuff can happen and He healed people miraculously and there's a whole bunch, I'm not going to go through all these, there's so many stories, just open up the New Testament, open up the Gospels, read about this stuff where people genuinely believed it and you look at the reactions of the people around at the time and you can see that people were genuinely believing this. But what I want to do, I want to go to a... um, uh, a book in the uh, A book in Corinthians that Paul wrote um, and and we can see what he 's trying to get at when he talks about uh, how, he, how he how he talks about the importance of this this whole understanding the Easter theme understanding jesus uh, what he did for us before we do that, I talk about playing tricks on our minds right so we 're talking about well are people just playing tricks on our minds? I want you to read this next little passage. In fact, I probably should have had someone come up here and reading it for me but um, I'm sorry Mrs Bond, Just this is just sort of saying that we don't always have to spell things right to get the message across but hey, you know, like... someone want to read it out loud? That's probably putting on people on the spot. What was that? Why? <laughs> Yeah, good for you, good for you. What we have been taught and what we have experienced in the past helps us determine what is true for the present and how we may live in the future. However, what if things got a little messy? What if the Holy Spirit challenged our minds in new ways? Would we be open to new realities? What if, what if you're, what if you're, I'm not sure, I'm not sure where you're all at, right? What if you're the first time... um, and you haven't heard this message before or you're sitting here and you're a bit of a sceptic and I can actually be honest, Barnard done some research not too long ago that I heard and across Christianity, across those who would say they are Christian and amongst the young people, youth, who say they're a Christian up to like, up to 25% of those people aren't sure or don't believe that Jesus actually really came back to life after He died. But they don't really care, which is a weird sort of a setup, right? But, but what I'm saying is, even amongst Christians, some people go, actually, I'm not real sure if Jesus did do what He said He did but, oh, well, you know, He's still a good bloke and He still has good principles so I'll still say I'm a Christian and all those sort of things. However, the reality is that Jesus is asking us to, to, to go, hey, do you believe? Do you believe? So, I want to go to 1 Corinthians, and in 1 Corinthians, uh, this is what Paul's talking about. He's talking about how people are saved. He says, by the gospel, or by the good news, the fact that Jesus came as the Son of God, died on a cross, and then was raised back to life, the whole Easter thing. And here's the implications for Easter, okay? By this gospel, you are saved, if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you believe in vain. For what I have received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. So here Paul, he's writing to the people, so Paul who's lived after Jesus, he's writing to the people of Corinth, he's writing, this is the really important stuff, this is stuff that you need to get your hand around. Um, That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve... And after that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and to all the apostles. So here we have Paul, he's basically giving us a quick rundown. He's saying, this, he, he's saying this is fair income stuff. Like, it wasn't Jesus or it wasn't just one or two people coming up with a story and, of course, Jesus predicted what was going to happen, He predicted His death and He said He was going to come back to life and, of course, you know, there's some people that would say, well, those, those disciples, those close followers, they had an agenda and, of course, they didn't want to lose face so they made up the whole story about, you know, stole His body and, and made up the whole story about Jesus coming back to life. But He said, he, here... Paul's saying there was, there was heaps of people that Jesus appeared to, it wasn't just one or two, there was a whole bunch of people and in fact, and if we go back and we look at, at James who is Jesus' own brother uh, and James looked after the uh, the church in Jerusalem, um, they came under a bunch of persecution, they got a whole bunch of stuff, bad stuff that happened to them, uh, they were in all sorts of pain but why did they do it? And you sort of got to, you know, it's a, the common the common line, you know, would they have gone through all that pain just to support a lie uh, and sort of ask yourself that question. And if we go on, if Christ had not been raised, your, your faith is futile, your, your, uh, you are still in your sins. If Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Because if Christ hadn't have come back to life, what is the implications for that? If Christ hadn't have come back to life, he wasn't who he said he was. And you'd go, eh, just another random like lunatic, basically, who's making up stories and have convinced a few people to tag along, but hasn't really got any substance, hasn't really gone anywhere. And if Christ has not been and if Christ had not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins, then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost in other words people who people who have believed in Christ who have lived before they've, they've lived for nothing if indeed he hadn't come back to life christ but Christ this is verse twenty of uh, 1 corinthians uh, 15, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of all those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. In other words, what Paul's saying here is like sin entered the world, just like Sarah was trying to explain before to the kids, sin entered the world through one guy. But Jesus came and took those sins away, which means that, that we... Uh, that we get to have heaven, which means that what some people might think is fake is genuinely reality. And there's a whole bunch of things that we could stand I could stand up here and I could talk for, for hours, which I'm not going to, I'm just about to finish up, all right. but, but we can talk about all the different evidences that Jesus really lives and the experiences, um, biblical experiences that happen. But of course, then it comes down to a personal nature and the nature of... of whether we're prepared to look outside the box and actually go, maybe there's something to this. And maybe you're already there, for you personally, maybe you're going, yeah, I've been a believer, I've been, you know, a Christian since I'm a kid or maybe it's something that's just new to you or maybe you're teetering and you're sitting on the fence or I don't know, wherever you're at, okay? But if you're teetering on the fence or if you're not real sure, then like, consider looking outside the square... Or if, some, if it is that, if you are fully, you know, committed, yeah mate, that's something I've been, you know, I've been a believer for years and years and years, well like, alright, well how do you share that with the people around you? How do you share that with your neighbours? How do you make something that looks pretty, like on the surface, pretty ridiculous, pretty like silly, like if you're at school or if you're in a workplace, wherever it might be, how can you genuinely live that out? How can you genuinely say, hey, you know what, no, no, I'm in. Uh, and probably the best thing is to actually say that to other people. No, no, I'm, I'm a Christian, just unashamedly, I'm a Christian. There was a, uh, on April Fool's, like we're talking about these car ads and, and, you know, different people putting different April Fool's type jokes together. Uh, I came across this a couple of years ago uh, in New Zealand. There was a an ad in the local paper. It was a few years ago because I'm not even sure that they still print papers. No, they still do. But it was about, five oh, six or eight years ago this... And, and on the bottom of this paper, it actually had April Fool's Day Special and you can't read the print probably uh, in this picture but it actually said, um, if you bring your car into the local, it had the address there, the local BMW dealer and you give us your car, we'll trade you for a brand new car for free. Alright, so April Fool's Day Special, bring your car in uh, and and we'll give you a brand, brand new one for free, just ask for Tom. And... Uh, so that, that, was, that was advertised and it was a bit of a setup but I'll let you see what happened.
1: Tom, um, he'll be on the left, so if you just follow the path down, he'll be right with
0: you. Okay. Great, thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Are you Tom? I am, I am Tom. And you are? Amy. Amy, Amy. And, and? Tiana. Tiana. How are we? We found this in the um, Herald.
1: You,
0: f- you found it oh, in the Herald? Read
1: the Herald and.
0: You got a car at the moment? Yeah, it's
1: just
0: outside. It's, and like it's a Nissan Avenir. A Nissan Avenir. Well, I can tell you that car's owned by us because congratulations. You guys are the brand new owners of BMW. What do you think? How's that? Congratulations. Well done, congratulations. Oh my gosh. Alright, so, so probably there's plenty, plenty people sitting here going, well is that video you just showed me fake? Because like, is it like a double bluff fake thing or what's going on, right? But, but apparently, apparently, uh, that was actually fair income, so it was a bit of an advertising gag, right? So they said, let's give away a car, so they actually did and then they actually sold the car that they drove in and gave it to charity, that was the whole thing and, and apparently it was all fair income, including the number plate, that no full number plate, I don't know if you recognise that, saw that. So, so fair income, so like, like, you know, the whole point was like, well, is anyone prepared to be a fool? Is anyone going to, like, like go risk, to risk looking like an idiot? You know, like, going, oh, like, you know, just, am I going to be the one that's caught out or is it just worth the risk? Is it worth the risk of, uh, of, of getting a prize? And, and I guess why, why I put that up there is, is this a bit like us, right? Are we prepared to take a bit of a risk in actually going... You know, plenty of people around me are saying this is not fair income, but I'm going to get, I'm going to have a, I'm going to have my best guess, and I'm going to say it is. Well, what's the implications? If you or others don't believe, if you're not a believer in Christ, I guess you just get to live your best life right now, right? You know, that's it. You just do whatever you want and get to live your best life, and and live and die, and and you know, life moves on, the circle of life, whatever. But if you do believe, there are implications. If you do believe, and it is all fair income which I certainly believe it does and not stand up here if I didn't, then there is eternal life, there's heaven, there's like life eternal, like, like way better than we could ever imagine. And even here and now, you know, when we're following Jesus and when we see as Jesus sees, when we get to see the perspective that Jesus sees or would see, then we're much more likely to do what Jesus would do and we get to live the life much more like what Jesus would have. And so, I guess just to finish up uh, this morning, just to say, you know, like, what's the implication for you? Are you prepared to have a swing at it? Are you prepared to have a like a, you know, like, yeah, actually, I'm in? Or if you are already in, if that's something, a decision that you have already made, are you prepared to go, I'm prepared to put myself on the line and look a bit like a fool, but if it means someone else might be positively influenced and might be able to join me in heaven, that's something that I want to do. Let's pray, Heavenly Father, thank you so much uh, for what you have done for us and I know when you were on earth the Bible says over and over that you just took so much um, you know, rubbish from people because they didn't believe who you were and they, and they didn't appreciate what you were doing and they didn't appreciate the, the fact that you didn't believe what they believed and, and so much social pressure and all sorts of things all, all, and of course dying on the cross for us, ultimately a death that we... Uh, should have been there and should have been us but but you took for us and I just pray I pray this morning that we can consider where we really sit where we really sit uh, in this decision and if it's something that we've made a decision for you a long time ago then I pray that we might help other people and we might help them uh, understand the reality of that or if we're teetering uh, or not made that decision then I pray that you your spirit might help us and that you might convict us of that that we can believe in you and spend eternity with you and the rest of the believers thanks lord amen